Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Any questions I ask myself when I question myself. Sable fam, how are we feeling tonight? Hey, if I have not had a chance to meet you, my name's Isaac. I'm the pastor here at the table. I'm part of our leadership team here. And hey, here's what this is our fourth table of 2022. And here's what I've observed kind of going into our fourth table of 2022. Um, there's a lot of us that are coming from different places. And here's what I mean. Um, some of us have been coming to the table, and I would consider you like a table OG. Like, so who here has been here for like three or four years here at the table? Give me a shout out. No, no, no make some noise. There we go. So those are the, the table OGs, right? They're like holding down the fort. Um, they've been here for a long time. So then there's a crew that's becoming maybe like a little bit before COVID and maybe like as COVID was happening, kind of 20, 2019, 2020. And I would consider you like a table middle G. So who are the, where are the table middle Gs? Okay. Still, still buying into the table. Cool. And some of us, um, some of us have been here for like six months or less. Right, so like you're perhaps it was like your first time last week. Your first time was two weeks ago. Your first time was four weeks ago, or maybe you were just coming right kind of mid fall last year. So if you've been coming for less than six months and you're brave, can you give me a shout out? Okay, okay. Here, here's in part why I did that. And partly why I did that was because if you feel like you're the only person, you feel like everyone knows each other, and you're like the only one who doesn't know anybody. You're not alone. A lot of, some of, yes, some of us have been here for a long time. I've been here for about four years, but a lot of us are just coming from different places. A lot of us, perhaps it's your first time here tonight. And one of the things that we want to make sure that we communicate, regardless of how long you've been here, is like we almost steal the line from Olive Garden. Like when you're here, you're family, right? Like, and I, we don't have any breadsticks, unfortunately. Sometimes we do. But most weeks, we don't have any breadsticks. We do have free lattes when you're coming in. But most weeks, when you're here, you're family, and our, even our, our table hosts, um, are wearing shirts today and wear shirts that say welcome home, right? Because what we want to do every single week is we just want to communicate to you that whenever you're here, you're home. And even if, if it's your first week here, we love you, we care about you. I know like you don't know me. How can you tell me you love me? You got to, look, we, we're, we'll get to know you, God willing. We, we just want to tell you we love you and we care about you. And everything going on here on a Tuesday is trying to show you that, hey, whenever you're here, um, you're home. So part of the reason I say that is because I want, be, now that we've established that this is your home, um, I want you to feel freedom to act like you're at your home. Right? So whenever you're at your home, if you want to kick off your shoes and dance in the back, do that. If you want to, like, raise your hand and go, woo, do that, right? If you want to, like, if you, like, like, Adrian, thank you, bro. If you want to, like, you hear something in the message and you want to, like, like, give it, like, woo, all right, Isaac, let's go, bro. Whoever may be speaking, you're welcome to do that. You don't have to, but you're welcome to do that. Now, if, if you, hey, what's up, Adrian? <laughs> Thanks, bro. Uh, we didn't plan that. But if you hear something and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that, you, you're, you can cross your arms and shake your head no. I wouldn't audibly tell anything to me in the moment because I'm fairly thin-skinned when I'm up here. It's kind of fragile. But we can definitely have a one-on-one -on -one conversation later. All I want to say is, like, when you're here, your family, welcome home, welcome to the table. We do this every Tuesday night. So we've been in the series called Sacred Work. And here, um, as we're talking about the series, Sacred Work, um, today, um, to kick us off, so my wife and I, um, we started dating right before uh, COVID. So we went on three dates, and then COVID happened. Um, and then as, as COVID happened, we went on three dates, and we're like, okay, I still 
We still, we, we're like, we like each other. Are we vibing? She's like, I think we're vibing. I was like, I think we're vibing too. Cool. Do you want to keep seeing each other? We're like, yes, but in homes because nothing is open, right? So now all we start doing is we start binging on docuseries because that's all there was to do. So we search Netflix. We search Hulu. We search Amazon Prime. Uh, we search every streaming platform, Disney Plus. Um, we just, we, that's all there is to do. And y'all know this because this was you. That's all there is to do is watch sh- uh, streaming shows, watch movies during that time. Um, and then before things started opening up again. So um, we actually got into different, one of the docu-series that was recommended to us was this docu-series on Amazon Prime, and it was called The World's Toughest Race. Anybody watch that, World's Toughest Race? No, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna explain it to you. That's completely fine, I'm gonna explain it to you. So in The World's Toughest Race, it was really interesting. It was on, it's on Amazon Prime, you can go watch it. Not now, but you can watch it when you get home later tonight. Um, on The World's Toughest Race, it was uh, a t- teams, it was like 66 teams, of four people um, that are competing like in this race that's 11 days long across the country of Fiji. I'm getting a nod over here. Like we have some of us that are familiar, some of us that have watched the show. So it, as they're doing this race, these teams, it's like, um, it's, it's hosted by Bear Grylls. So I'm like, who's not to, who doesn't love Bear Grylls, right? So uh, with these teams, like you start off, like they get in a kayak, and then they're having to like kayak together, and all these teams are going off. Um, and then from the kayak, now they're getting into a sailboat. And then from a sailboat, now they're getting on bikes, right? And then from their bike, now they're like hiking and having to run. And I'm like, this is so intense, and this is only day one. And it's like an entire long day race, and there's 11 more days of this. And I'm like, dude, those guys are like really impressive, right? I would never do that, but that seems like they're having a good time, right? So, uh, so eventually they get to this part where they start hiking. And as they're, um, one of the teams in particular, as they start hiking, um, one of the rules in this race is that you can't use any modern GPS. You have to use like um, a compass and a, like a paper map. You get a compass and a paper map, and if you're like varsity virgin, you can use like constellation and the stars. Um, but most people use a compass and a paper map to figure out like where they're going. So one of the teams, it's late at night and they get lost in the woods. And they're trying to figure out where to go. And as they're trying to figure out where they go, you know what they have? They have a compass and they have a paper map, right? Which is incredibly difficult whenever you don't know where you're going, you don't know where you are, and you don't know how long it's going to take. And the reason I mention that is because as I'm watching them, I'm like laughing hysterically at their misfortune. My wife's a lot more compassionate than me. She's like, Isaac, like, they're, like let's have some compassion. Like it's kind of dangerous in the setting that they're in. There's like bears like coming after them. I don't know, it's Fiji. I don't know if there's bears or not. There's like bears coming after them. And um, as they're there, um, I, you know, I've only been fake hiking. Like, I've, like on paved trails. I haven't really gone real hiking. So I don't, but some of you have. So you have gone real hiking. Perhaps you've been in a situation where you have gone real hiking and you've seen where you don't know where you're going, you don't know where you are, and you don't know how long it's going to take. The reason I mention this is because I haven't really experienced this in a hiking sense, per, perhaps, but I really have experienced this in my own life. Where as I think through my life, um, it's like I'm lost in the woods, metaphorically. And some of you have been literally, and this team in Fiji was literally, but for me it's been metaphorically, to where we feel, or I felt like in my life, just thinking through my life, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know where I am, and I don't know how long it's going to take. And my suspicion is that a lot of us here today, as you think through your life, and even in the series Sacred Work, as you think through your work life, and your jobs, and your occupations, and your calling, and your purpose, and whatever you, whatever you want to call it, here's how we feel. We feel like we don't know where we are, we don't know where we're going, and we don't know how long it's going to take. Was this just me? Do we feel this? 
Yes? Yes? Some head nods in the room? Okay, okay, some head nods. So here's what we feel whenever we feel this way, most of us, is we use this term, and maybe you've never thought of it this way before, but there's this term where we're hopeless. We're hopeless, right? And maybe you've never thought of being hopeless. I've never thought of my life as hopeless. I've never really thought of my career and my job as hopeless. But what hopelessness is, is where you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going, and you don't know how long it's going to take, right? Um, And as we feel hopeless, do you know that because of COVID, there's this thing in society going on right now called the Great Resignation, It's called the great great quit. And what's been happening really in the last year or so, people have been quitting jobs in masses, right? And maybe you're like, that was me. I just quit my job like two weeks ago, right? Not me, but maybe perhaps you. Uh, So people have just been quitting their jobs and finding new jobs or not finding new jobs, but there's been a lot of job transition. People have just been quitting and quitting and quitting. And maybe you're sitting there and you're asking, should I quit my job? Like right now, the job that I have right now, should I quit my job? Um, or when is enough enough with the job that I have? When's, I've had enough, but when's enough enough? Or um, when do I quit or change career paths? Or will another job be better? So if you've asked any of these questions, like should I quit my job? Like I don't know where I'm going. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, oftentimes what we feel is we feel hopeless. And there's actually a proverb that describes this feeling of hopelessness. So it'll be on the screens here. It's actually a proverb um, on the screen here that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So whenever you think through hope, you can think through this idea of expectation, right? As you put, as you hope in something, you can think through, um, I, I, I want this to happen. I expect this to happen. I put my expectation in this thing. And here's what happens um, whenever um, our expectation is not met, right? It says here in the text, it says hope deferred. Um, deferred means it's taking a long time. In the, the expectation that I have, it's taking a long time, um, and I'm just waiting and waiting, and here, here's what happens. Here's the journey that most of us are on. Here's the journey that most of us are on. So that we, whenever we're starting a new job, and we're starting a new project, and we're starting a new venture, whenever we're starting even, I know we're not talking about relationships, but come on, even when we're starting a new relationship, here's where it starts. There's a lot of hope. So much hope, so much expectation. You get the butterflies, the excitement, like, let's go. I'm so excited about this thing. It's going to be amazing. This is going to be the best thing ever. And even if it's not the best thing ever, at least it's better than what it was before, right? So we're starting this thing. Here's the starting spot. And we have a lot of hope. And as you can see, we have very little knowledge of what we're getting ourselves into. So a lot of hope, very little knowledge. So what happens, though, whenever um, the honeymoon period ends, whenever we gain more knowledge? What happens? We enter, friends, in what we call the valley of despair. (laughs) What is the valley of despair? The valley of despair is whenever you realize that you actually learn a little more about what's going on. See, whenever you're in your starting spot, you don't know what you don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. You're, it's really, it's ignorance. Um, some people even call it like Mount Stupid. Like you just don't, you hear, you're on this mountain, mountaintop, and you just, you're incredibly ignorant of what, what reality actually is. But as you venture down, here's the journey that all of us are on as we go from a brand new thing to a less new thing in our jobs, in our relationships, whatever it may be, is that we get to a valley of despair. And in the valley of despair, we now do know what we don't know. 
And this new knowledge of knowing what we don't know, it causes a lot of despair. It's not our expectation. We had this really high expectation, and now we get to the valley of despair, and now we see the gap between what reality is and what our expectation was. And how we fill that gap is in despair or is in hopelessness, and we feel hopeless. So as the proverb says, here's what it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. This hope is drawn out, it's lasting a really long time, and this heart-sick feeling, right? Our heart are sick. We feel, we feel emptiness, we feel dread, we feel despair, we feel languishing. Uh, languishing. And here's this, the term that I want to use to describe that. So I know for a fact, my assumption is, we've all felt this, and perhaps you've never called it hopelessness, but I would just to bring some unity in the room, I just want to call this feeling of hopelessness. It's whenever we're in the valley of despair and we know what we don't know and reality has not quite met expectations. So, but I know, all right, well, have a good week, y'all. We'll see you guys next week. Got nothing more for you. Right? Like, come on, Isaac, can you, can you like, help me? Like, I don't, I don't want to have a sick heart. Can you help me process through this journey of feeling hopeless? Just me? Do you guys want to know how we get through this? Okay, okay. So here's, here's how to not have a sick heart. Here's how to not have a sick heart. In verse 12 it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Here's what it says here. But a desire is fulfilled, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. A desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So we'll unpack that in a second. But I want to give you a hope formula. If we're feeling hopeless, I don't want us to feel hopeless. My aim actually is that when we get to the end of this, I know we're coming from a lot of different places. I know that you perhaps feeling years of how you're feeling and you're going to listen to one 30, 35 minute message. Um, And I know that in one message, perhaps I can cast some more hope for you, but at least I can help maybe give you some next steps. I know what reality is, but my, my aim and my heart for you is that you can see just the glimmer of hope for the first time when it comes to your life, whenever it comes to your jobs. Um, So here's the hope formula. Hope equals vision plus a path, and it's going to take time. Hope equals a vision plus a path, and it's going to take time. So what do I mean by vision? Well, vision is a term that the proverb used around this idea of desire. Desire is a term that can be thought of as a want to, right? Something that you desire, something that you want to do, right? And we all have desires, we all have want-tos, or we all used to have desires and we used to have want-tos. And perhaps we're in a season of life to where we just stopped wanting to do a lot of things. We stopped desiring a lot of things. That that like, that um, kind of ambition we had as a child around, man, I can do all this, and I can do all this, and I can do all this, and what happened? Life came at you, and it's like, boom, 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 and there go your desires, because we're just trying to survive. And we're in survival mode. We've been in a place where we don't get to dream anymore. So another, you could also think through vision just like as a dream, as an imagination. Really just thinking through all the possibilities in your life. Right? This vision of what could be. And for some of us, we may be in seasons where we haven't felt that in a really, really long time. Perhaps we're even, um, we get to where we're incredibly sad. And whenever we're sad and prolonged sadness and even depression, we've even forgotten what having vision feels like. Right? We no longer feel the want-tos. But whenever we do have the want-tos, man, those are, those are good days. So that's vision. Okay, what about path? Path is um, reality that's grounded in truth. 
a structure of a reality that's grounded in truth, right? Truth that's grounded in reality. Um, so imagine that somebody has a vision, a desire to be a professional singer. You guys watch American Idol? Is, that, is it it's new? Am I dating myself or is it new again? Is it, is it new again? No, no, that's not a good illustration. Okay, that was a good illustration. I'll backtrack. Okay. Um, imagine... Just imagine somebody wants to be a professional singer, right? And um, the reason I mentioned American Idol, okay, I'll stop using the illustration. Okay. Uh, whenever whenever um, a professional singer or somebody that aspires to be a professional singer, but here's the reality, the pathway. They can't sing. But man, their heart's in it. But you don't hear their heart, you hear their voice and it's not good. So here's this vision, this desire to want to be a professional singer, and here is a structure, reality, that is, um, there's not really a pathway for this person to become a singer, um, unless the pathway is, hey, well, if you want to be a singer, you have to take, maybe you're not signing a label yet, but let's get you a vocal coach who's going to work with you and set up a program for you and have a structure for you that they know what they're doing. They can coach you to help move you forward in a structured, grounded-in-reality way. Or perhaps even um, if anybody's ever tried to get like a business loan, um, when you try to get a business loan, um, you know, perhaps you like don't make any money and you actually just lose money. And anytime somebody gives you money, like they turn around and then turn back and you're like, they're like, where's my money? And you're like, I lost it. Sorry. But you're like, but because I lost it, can I get more money? And they're like, no. And they're like, oh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try real hard this time. And they're like, okay, well, what's different this time than before? And you're like, I want to more. That's not a path. That's just the desire, right? So a, a, vi- so a pathway um, is a re- reality that's um, grounded in truth, right? And what about time? Time is um, expectation to become reality takes time. See, whenever expectation or hope is going to take time, hope realized takes time. And often things take lo- way longer than what we think they're going to take, right? So, so with this formula, hope equals vision plus path over time. Here's typically, though, what we experience. Is we don't, most of us don't experience hope. Uh, most of us, what we experience is actually um, hopelessness. Right? And one of the reasons that we experience hopelessness, one of them is that we actually don't have a path. So it's not hope that we're experiencing. It's not hope. It's wishing. Wishing is vision with no path. See, and what, what wishing does is wishing, um, there's still time involved. Because with wishing, we'll stay in something for a very, very long time just hoping things will get better. And we'll just wish, and we'll wish, and we'll wish. But like in the absence of a path, um, this wishing, like we think it's time that's going to bring us to hope, it's not time. There's no path. So because there's no path, this wishing is not a strategy. And we wish, and we wish, and we dream, and we have vision, and we wish, and there's no structured path, right? And it keeps taking us down a road that has no realistic chance of being the right road or making what we want come to pass. It's a false reality. And wishing in a false reality is going to lead to eventually to hopelessness, right? And again, we're not talking about relationships, but man, we've been in that relationship, haven't we? We're just waiting for them to change and wait for them to change and wait for them to change and wait for them to change. And guess what? They said, oh, I'm going to try real hard. 
and there's no actual pathway. There's no actual structure. So we're just wishing for change, but there needs to be a pathway or else it's just wishing and it's not actually a vision. So Henry Cloud in his book, Necessary Ending, which was fantastic and helps inform a lot of this message today, um, where Henry Cloud says this. He says, what reason other than the fact that I want this to work do I have for believing that tomorrow is going to be different from today? What reason other than the fact that I want this to work do I have for believing that tomorrow is going to be different from today? See, that's just wishful thinking. That's not grounded in reality. Okay, well, what about whenever we do have a path and we do have time, but we have no vision? We're just lost. See, and like the team that was in Fiji, um, you, you, you kind of have a path, but it's just like you're just lost in the woods. And some of us feel this to where we don't know where we're going. We have no vision. And we put our head down and we're willing to put in the time, but we're just grinding and we're grinding and we're grinding and we're grinding. And we're wondering, when is the grinding going to end? I see the path. I kind of see what I think I need to do. I'm on this path, but I don't know where I'm going. And because of that, I'm willing to put in the time, but I don't know how much time this is going to take. And I'm on this path and I'm just going and going and going and going and going. Going and going and going and um, I was going to mention another old commercial, the Energizer Bunny. No, that one, that one landed. Okay, great. And going and going and going. You're like the Energizer Bunny. Where's the Energizer Bunny going? We don't know. And where are you going? We don't know, right? Okay. So what about so that's vision? What about um, if um, if we don't can't put in the time? We're impatient. We know where we're going. We know the reality, the structure of how to get there, and we're impatient in the sense that we just want things to happen immediately. We're like, okay, I know where I'm going. I know how to get there. Okay, when are, when are I there yet? And we get, we get so impatient, right? So, so the question is, so how do we move through the valley of despair? How do we move through the valley of despair? It's this. It's hope equals vision plus path over time. See, the way that you move through the valley of despair is whenever you feel hopeless is you have to start adding hope, adding elements, adding ingredients of hope, right? So we need to think through, as we think through hope, right, this is, we know, we know that we need vision, we know that we need a pathway, and we know that it's going to take time. But here's often how we feel like whenever we're in the valley of despair, and I know that a lot of us may be feeling this way right now, is that we feel like being in the valley of despair is our fault. We feel like if I just would have been better, if I would have tried harder, if I would, wouldn't have done that mistake, if I just would have had a different experience, or maybe perhaps we blame someone else. It's somebody else's fault why I'm feeling hopeless right now. And the reality is that the valley of despair is normal. The valley of despair is part of the normative Christian experience. If you are a, it's part of the normal human being experience. If you are a human being, and it, especially if you are a Christian, going through the valley of despair is so such a normative part because that's where the gold is. See, I want you to think of the valley. We call it a valley of despair, but another way to think about it is actually a gold mine. See, and in this gold mine, this is where the nuggets are of gold. This is where we learn. This is some of the best, most amazing, hardest moments of your life. You can think back through your life and think through seasons where you grew the most in your life. And I bet you can attach those seasons of growth through going through a really a difficult time where you felt hopeless and you had to navigate that. 
That's what it's like going through the valley of despair, right? For, um, first Peter, the author of Peter, um, one of the disciples who's following Jesus, in his letter, um, he writes this. He writes that it's like gold being refined in a fire. We don't like the fire. The fire's hard. The fire's painful. The, the fire is not um, uh, this expectation that we had. Nobody expects fire. Most of us don't expect fire right? We expect things just to be amazing. We want things to be amazing. And here we are in the valley of despair. And here's what we're experiencing. Um, We're learning things, but it's so hard and it's so painful, right? And my encouragement is that if you feel tonight, like if you're in the valley of despair, you're seen, you're loved. I love, and Anna, she set up the song here again that we were singing earlier. Like, however you're feeling today, if you're feeling hopeless, if you feel like you're in the valley of despair, like God is here. God is with you. And it's not just here in this room, in this building, right? Um, you leave this building. Tomorrow, God is with you, and he sees you. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be. See, and when we're in the valley of despair, tomorrow, on Thursday, on Friday, over the weekend, um, wherever you are, whenever you're out doing things that you wish that you wouldn't do, um, whenever you're doing things that you like that you do, wherever you are, God is there and he sees you and he's with you. And the hopelessness that we feel, God sees us and understands and it's, it's normative and God wants to bring us hope. Because here's the other thing that's really cool about this, um, the, the, hope, the hope formula or the valley of despair. It's because we know that our ultimate hope is never changing. See, with this, with this journey that we're on, this comes with our expectations. But there's something that we never need to guess if it's going to be an expectation, that his name is Jesus. And we know that regardless of whatever hope we put on our jobs, which it's okay if you, have, if you hope for a cool job or for a cool career or for a cool calling, that's okay. If you hope for a relationship to work out, that's okay. But we know that even if it doesn't, even whenever we're hopeless, even whenever we're in the valley of despair, we know that Jesus is with us. And we know that our ultimate hope is in Jesus. Because here, let's look at the formula through the lens of Jesus. Okay, our hope is in Jesus. And the vision that we have is that one day we're going to get to see Jesus face to face. And that day is not today. We know it's going to take time. That day is not today when we get to experience and be with Jesus face to face. We know this, but we know we have vision that one day it's going to happen. That those of us that put our faith and our trust in Jesus, we have hope that not in in this life and in the next life that we will get to be with Jesus. And here's the pathway for that is that Jesus created the pathway. See, Jesus sacrificed his life. He took on the sin and the punishment that we deserve. He, Jesus created a pathway was there, where there was no way. Jesus provided a pathway to God. Jesus provided a pathway to the kingdom of God. And as he did that, now we have hope. So our ultimate hope with our vision is we'll get to be with Jesus face to face. The pathway, Jesus created a pathway for us. And we know that it's going to take time to see this hope fully realized. I know for some of us, it's still, even as you're, you're hearing this, um, you're just kind of processing, just kind of thinking through your own situation, and you may be thinking, like, Isaac, I hear you, man, but I just, I just can't see it. I don't feel it. I just don't know. Like, I, my, my, what I'm going through right now is incredibly, incredibly difficult. Here's one to offer us a lot of care and grace right now, because sometimes the best that we can do is have just, like, really blurry vision, and that's okay. Sometimes the best we can do is just kind of see like a really rocky path that we don't really know how it's going to work out. And that's okay. So if we have a blurry vision, if we have a rocky path, 
that's okay. Because here what's encompassing all of this is that just as you are right now, God sees you and God loves you, and you don't need to change a single thing about yourself in order for God to love you. God already loves you. You don't need to change a single thing about yourself in order to feel loved here. Um, when we do um, what we're able to do to offer care and love here at the table and whatever friends that you have and family, that you, healthy family that you have in your own life, um, to just offer you care. You don't need to change a single thing about yourself in order to feel the love of God. So I felt, I've actually felt this in um, every single job that I've had. <laughs> every single job that I've had, even my current job. Every single job that I've had, I had the starting point. And in the starting point, I thought things are going to be amazing. Going to be, things are going to be incredible, right? I'm on my, uh, f- I think my fifth full-time job, and I had a lot of jobs in high school. And uh, my first job was feeding my neighbor's cats when I was in sixth grade. So with cat feeding, here's a starting spot. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to get $15, right? And then I hit the valley of despair. I'm like, these cat food stinks. It really smells, right? But every, every job that I've had, like I've hit, I've hit this valley of despair. And with every job that I've had, I have to remember the hope formula. Is that I need to remember, hey, here's the vision of what I'm doing right here. Here's, here's the vision of where I'm going. Um, here's the pathway. Here's the structure. Here's the grounded in reality and truth. And I know that it's going to take time. The hopelessness that I'm feeling, if I know that I have a vision, if I know how to get there, um, if I have good structure that's grounded in reality, I know that it's going to take time. So even with me and every single job that I've had, again, hopelessness and feeling going through the valley of despair is normative. It's part of the Christian experience. There's no escaping it, right? And so, so we're, a lot of us are asking, should I quit my job? And, and, and part of the reason that we're asking this, um, is should, I, should I quit my job, is because we feel hopeless. And um, whenever we feel hopeless, um, we can look, really look at the, this formula, right? We can look at the, the hope formula to see, okay, well, do I, if you're, if you're sitting here right now, it's probably one of the most practical things I'll tell you. Um, if you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, should I quit my job? Just think, look at your job through the lens of this formula. Okay. Do you have vision for the job that you're currently doing? Is there vision? Meaning, do you know where you're going with it? Okay, or do you know where it's taking you or do you know what you're able to do with it? Okay, um, you're like, yes, and I still feel hopeless. I'm like, okay. Um, is there a structured pathway that things will get better? So a lot of us are asking, hey, do I, and this goes with a lot of things in life, but do I try harder or do I move on? Do I need to quit or do I need to do a career? Do I need to quit? Do I need to do a career change? Do I try harder or is it time to move on? And the answer to that is, is there a clear pathway? Is there a clear structure that things will get better? Because if there's not, it's time to move on. If there is, it's going to take time. So some of us, we have the vision and we have the structured pathway grounded in reality. And so we're actually in a really good job, right? And perhaps um, we kind of thought that, but then we went through the valley of despair and we're like, man, am I in the right job? I don't know anymore. Like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And the reality is that you know that if you just continue on the path that you're on, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better, Right? So, so my question is, if you're feeling really hopeless in your job right now, considering this formula, knowing that going through the valley of despair is an normative experience, um, are you maximizing every level of this? In your current job, are you maximizing the vision for your job? And are you maximizing the pathway and the structure? And are you maximizing the time? Because for, for some of us, we just need more data points. We don't have enough data points. 
So we need more time to collect data points to see if our jobs are trending up or trending down. So as you're considering, should I do a career change? Should I change my job? I don't know. I want you to think about it through the lens of, is there a vision? Is there a pathway? And it's going to take time. So um, as we're thinking through this, perhaps you may consider that there is something missing. So here, for the rest of our time, here is how to add a missing ingredient. You guys ready? Here's how to add a missing ingredient. And if something is missing in this formula, here's how to add it. Right. For some of us, we need to add vision. We don't have vision. And the reason that some of us don't have vision is because um, um, this can go back to your child childhood. This can go back to um, just the different seasons of your life that you've been in. But uh, part of the reason that some of us don't have vision is because there wasn't a lot of space for us to have vision. If you grew up in a really chaotic home, and a lot of us did, if you grew up in a really chaotic home, it's really difficult to have vision when you're just trying to survive. So because of that, we haven't really practiced the vision dreaming muscle because we've been in survival mode. So our dreaming and vision muscle is just out of practice. Right? Because, and perhaps our life, perhaps we even feel like we need to take care of our siblings, we need to take care of our parents, we just, we're like in a, in a, in a role-caring mode, and it's really difficult to kind of dream big about what opportunities there are for you whenever your entire life is around just trying to take care of the people around you. There's no space for that. So with that, we, we sometimes we, we will adapt to someone else. We're always adapting someone else and we never really consider the vision for our lives, and we've never been really able to process that. Right? So... Um, so with this vision, um, here are some questions that we can start asking to add vision into our life, right? If you're someone that needs to add vision, here are some questions where, um, where God's vision for your life, we talked about this last week, God's calling for your life, an assignment to serve others. Here's how to process that assignment. Here's how to process um, the vision, right? Is, is these questions. What do I love? Truly, what do I love? And maybe the way that you can ask this is like, what do you do? Like, what TikToks do you go to? What Netflix shows do you watch? What YouTube channels do you go to? Uh, what Instagram channels do you follow? Whenever it's just you. And you don't have to think through someone else and you have some free time. Like, where do you go? Is it, like, what? Is there a hobby that you do? Is it cooking? Is it recreation? Is it, um, like, just learning IT and code, learning physics, learning science? Like, y'all, I watch really nerdy science videos and they're so entertaining to me, Right? So, like, what, what do you love? And, and with this, it's, like, think through, like, what, what fuels you? Just, what do you love to do? And then with this, too, is what do I have the ability to do? Because we may love something, but do we have the ability to do it? Like, if we love rock climbing, but we're not good rock climbing, perhaps it's not the best option, even though you know, we like it theoretically and we can watch um, other people rock climb, but do we have the ability um, to do it? And then lastly, um, where is there a need in the world? Where is there a need in the world, right? And with this is like, where is there an opportunity to serve others? So as you think through the vision for your life, as you think through calling for your life, um, this includes um, work, but it also includes just your life in general, which work is a part of that, but just, it just includes God's calling for your life in general as well. So what do you love? Um, uh, what do I have the ability to do? And... Um, where is there a need in the world? So that's how you start thinking through vision. Okay, nextly, it's path. Typically with the path, um, we can't create our own path. If you need to add in path, if you have a vision, you can't create your own path to get there. You have to bring in an external source. You have to bring in a coach, 
a program, someone who knows what they're talking about to help you get to where you want to go, right? So someone to help create a structure for you. So perhaps you have this vision of a job that you're applying for, right? You've been applying for job and jobs and jobs and jobs and jobs, but you're not, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Um, I would consider you to, do you have a path that someone else has given you to follow? If, or have you, have, you know, it could be a friend, it could be a career coach, it could, be, it could come from a lot of different things, but that path has to, it can't come from you, it has to be someone else. It can actually also be somebody else's path, right? It can be just taking somebody else's path and we can find a system and find a structure in that way. And then, for a lot of us, come on, patience, right? It's patience. We know where we're going, we know how to get there, um, and yet, it's uh, patience. So here's what I want you to do. If you can pull out your phone, you can, pull out your phone. And you're going to need it again later. So you pull out your phone, and look at your, and here's what I want you to do. Look at your calendar. Look at your calendar. So pull out your phone, look at your calendar. Okay. If, if you're feeling hopeless, I want you to scroll to the day where you think you'll stop feeling hopeless. If you're feeling hopeless, I want you to scroll to the day where you think you'll stop feeling hopeless. Just guess. Just, just, just what, what's the best thing that you can think of? What's the best day where you think you'll stop feeling hopeless? Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to add 6 to 18 months to that day. I want you to add six to 18 months to that day. Why? Because oftentimes things just take way longer than we think they're going to take. We start applying for a new job and we're applying 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 and we know that where we currently are isn't great anymore. We want to be somewhere else. It's going to take way longer than you think it's going to take. Six to 18 months longer than you think it will going, going to take. And lastly... Lastly, it's prayer and grace. If you're feeling hopeless, it's prayer and grace. By grace, I mean, um, again, you're loved just as you are. And um, we, don't need to, we don't need to condemn ourselves. We don't need to feel like, oh man, I should be further along. I shouldn't be feeling hopeless. I shouldn't be in the valley of despair. I want us to give ourselves a lot of grace, a lot of grace that up to this point in our lives, we've been doing what we think we've needed to do to survive. Every, all of us have. All of us here in this room up to today have done everything that you thought you needed to do to survive. And I want to give yourselves a lot of grace in that. And at the same time, I want us to be prayerful, incredibly prayerful around any hopelessness that we feel, any desires we want, visions that we want, prayers for pathway, prayers for patience, right? Wherever we are, I want us to just be, feel lavishly loved by God with exactly where we are right now. And I want us to pray to God to ask him to bring us comfort and to help guide us and lead us, right? So um, again, should I, should I quit my job? Um, here's the answer. It depends, right? That's the answer. There you go. That's a, uh, should I quit my job? It depends. I don't know. Because it depends on um, how you're thinking through your job, through the lens of hope. And here's what I'll say too. Is if, we think th- if we think of our jobs as a calling from God, right? We talk, again, we talked about this last week. and go watch it on YouTube. If we think of our jobs as a calling from God, a calling is an assignment from God. Um, 
don't give up your assignment from God until you're clear what the next assignment is most of the time. Most of the time, again, that's the general rule. There's always exceptions. Most of the time, don't give up your assignment from God until you're clear on what the next assignment is. Because our jobs is an opportunity. We talked about this last week. Our jobs are an opportunity to love people well, to serve people well, to contribute to the world, to build societies, to build cultures. And whenever we, typically what happens whenever we just quit our job on a whim, um, we're not serving people anymore. We're incredibly self-focused. And it's all about, it's all about us and us and we get very um, self-consuming and it's not good for us. Again, there's always exceptions to the rules. If you're in a situation where there's abuse going on, quit. It's unhealthy, it's sinful, quit. Um, it's just not a good environment for you. Um, process that with a trusted friend, with community, talk to one of our staff. Um, but I would say generally, generally, and for most of us, I think being, becoming um, um, incredibly inspired to do the work that we're currently doing, I think will help add more hope. And here's how I want to land the plane, is what if we were the most hopeful, hopeless people there were? <laughs> what if we were the most hopeful Hopeless people that there were. Knowing that we're going through the valley of despair, we're going through hopelessness, but we're not losing hope in Jesus. And we know that we have um, structure in order to think through our lives in a way that's incredibly grace-filled. And as people are watching us, when we feel incredibly overwhelmed, when we feel tired, we feel like um, we just don't know how we're going to make it, and then people see that, we can actually offer hope in Jesus because we're saying, hey, my hope is not of my job. My hope is not of my situation. My hope is in Jesus. So yes, I feel incredibly hopeless with my situation right now, but I know ultimately my hope is in Jesus. And I know that Jesus will give me, um, on his timing, circumstances that will be a lot more hopeful uh, for, and encouraging for me. And I think if we all start doing that, y'all, your life will be changed, your family will be changed, the city of Orlando will be changed if all of us just start moving towards hope. And whenever we're in a city of brokenness and a city of darkness and the kingdom of darkness is waging war against the, the, the city of Orlando, waging war against us, waging war against ourselves, waging war against our friends, here's the opportunity. The opportunity to say, uh-uh, not today, Satan. I have hope in Jesus. And I'm going to move forward in spite of my hopelessness. So here's what I want to do. Um, I want to spend about uh, five or six minutes um, five or six minutes. I mean, can we, uh, Thomas, can we throw on the next slide here? Thank you. So here's what I want you to do. For the next five or six minutes, we'll have music going on. Um, I want you just to process, and that's why you have your phone. You can have a journal. You, journal, if you, have, if you have a notepad or your phone. I want you to process, if you're feeling hopeless, what hope ingredient do you need to add? If you're feeling hopeless, what hope ingredient do you need to add? Is it vision? Is it a pathway? Is it time? Is it prayer and grace? What hope ingredient do you need to add? And also, if it is vision, here are those questions again. If it is vision that you need to add, then you can start asking yourself and processing, what do I love? What do I have the ability to do? And where is there a need in the world? So I'm going to pray. We're going to get music going here, and we'll just give you about five or six minutes just to process, and we'll have a team come up and wrap us up for tonight. So I just pray, Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you just for, um, God, just for giving us vision, for giving us grace, for giving us a pathway, for giving us time, and for giving us hope in your son, Jesus. God, and I'm praying for any hopelessness that we feel in the room, perhaps for the first time in a long time, we have hope in your son. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.